What does spirituality and science have in common? What are the benefits of meditation from a scientific point of view? How can mindfulness improve your health and overall well-being? Our guest today answers these and other questions. Dr. Shailende Bajpai is a physician trained in medicine and diabetes with a deep interest in holistic approach to health and wellness. He is also a mindfulness and meditation practitioner and a coach. Shailendra speaks on a variety of topics, including spirituality and science, finding your meaning and purpose in everyday life, mindfulness on the go, and managing uncertainty. Welcome to the Timeless Teachings Podcast. My name is Jana, and I'm your guide into the world of spirituality, mysticism, and consciousness. We release new episodes every Monday in the form of interviews, teachings, and meditations. Stay tuned, and let's dive deep. Shailendra, thank you for joining us today for the interview. It is a pleasure to have you here. And I would like to start our conversation with a personal question about your own meditation practice. What it is that you Thank you very do? much, Yana. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. Thank you, Yana. Thanks a lot for the opportunity. Um, very interesting, you know. Uh, I have been in and out, I must confess that. So as a student, when I was in the later years of my school and preparing for my pre-med, uh, I went into yoga, yoga nidra, and a lot of practices and all. And I could really actually clear my pre-medical uh, entrance, which was pretty tough those days, uh, through use, uh, auto-suggestion during my yoga nidra and all. And then, of course, I did a lot of practice, like it was like an hour a day, a uh, little more than that sometimes. I was also doing it for my friends and the folks in the society, in the community. And then, you know, during my med school and all, uh, there was a kind of a lull or something. I, I got a little deprioritized, uh, I must also confess. But for the last many years, when I got it back to it, and it's so addictive. Mm. Uh, because this now I understand uh, better about the science, the spirituality, how does it connect to the philosophy, history, so-called mysticism, mythology, and everything else, uh, what you can relate to. So when we connect the dots and we have solid science backing it, and when you experience yourself the benefits day in, day out, and in my patients and in, in, the, in my friends, family, and everyone else, uh, it's amazing, amazing. So now I'm onto it. I'm a big fan of mindfulness on the go. And that's what I'm going to do. In fact, I have recently been tasked uh, on some two global projects for mental health. So I'm so very happy that I can share this joy with everyone. Yes. How you say uh, that we can connect the dots, right? So let's do exactly that. So let's connect the dots between spirituality and science and give people a little bit more understanding of how actually practical, mystical practices can be. <laughs> <laughs> so if we talk about meditation, um, how can we add a scientific uh, foundation to that? So what what is meditation and how does it actually affect our body? Wonderful question. So, Yana, let me start. This is something very close to my heart. Let me tell you something. In spirituality, what I say normally, usually is that you have to believe to see this. Whereas in science, you have to see to believe it. I love that. <laughs> and how do you connect? Because, you know, science is not separate from, for that matter, even religion, I would say. It's a code of conduct and practices. It's just about being a good human uh, in a coexistent world. So how do we connect spirituality? So what is spirituality basically? Spirituality is being your default setting, being a human 
and it's about being it's not about doing so when you talk about human being what does being means being is our default uh, status you know as when we are born when you look at the young kid they're so full of joy bubbly all the time they don't judge they just enjoy the present moment and then we get trained and learn and education and all and things get lost right mm-hmm. so spirituality is all about experiencing the joy of being so when you want to mm-hmm. see this sometimes i see that the 300 over languages in the world are not enough to express your feeling emotions and the joy i must tell you that but the once you practice it and the fountain of joy which overrides you you know you that's amazing it's it can be addictive so in the background what is happening in fact there have been tons of data literature evidence based medicine they have done uh, a mapping of the structure and changes in the function of the brain and what they have found through spect uh, mri imaging and also different scores on psychological scale, scales they realized that it causes certain changes in the brain known as neuroplasticity but it also causes a reflection and changes in the internal milieu or the metabolism of the body let me put it simply so mm-hmm. some structures in the brain they become more stronger like the cortex the the prefrontal lobe uh, the left parietal uh, it has some effect on the thalamus so the areas related to relationship logic memory cognition planning including financial planning uh, everything you know goes uh, much better so the executive function as well as the emotional functions they all improve and then what is the negative side of it meaning what are the negative benefits in a way the seat of fear depression pain anxiety that shrinks in the size and you can actually see it when you do the imaging and of course you can measure it through several parameters scales and all uh, what else when you look into the neurohormonal side of it it changes your uh, regulatory hormones and the immune systems which circulate in the body and the blood which regulate your blood pressure sugars your immune function how do you fight infection and a lot of other things so it improves and increases the level of the feel good hormones and it decreases the level of the counter regulatory or the feel bad hormones and the hormones and the substances which damage the tissue which produce sadness and anxiety so it improves the number of the cells even in the in the data is as strong as even in the patients with cancers and all there are tons of data on mbsr on mind body um, effect and relationship and those kind of things so that is what it is and then of course you can do it on a longitudinal basis to see the benefits and there are different models to measure it and one of the tibetan buddhist monk is not tibetan he is a french by origin and then he took up to this uh, now he lives in his hermitage uh, and this guy supposed to be the happiest person in the world and with all the electrodes and all that beautiful picture and you can actually measure the changes in the structure and the function that's how amazing it is Wow, this is amazing. <laughs> It's truly yes, and you also so from my understanding basically even science proves that when we do regular meditation it helps to improve health, relationships and maybe even make more money. This is amazing. <laughs> oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> more girlfriends, more money. <laughs> I like that. Okay, that's a good one. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> and you also mentioned about your your patients right because you do work with the, with people and i mean you're a doctor by, by by training so do you introduce mindfulness and meditation as part of the practices when you advise people on health oh yes absolutely absolutely now none of the things uh, goes without uh, me uh, checking about doing a check in about their mental health 
and that includes uh, if they are grounding they are having a downtime if they have nothing to do in their to do list for that matter so i advise them how to do this and what to do this so for example because i'm trained in medicine diabetes so uh, in chronic disorders so uh, my favorite uh, talk in the community is living uh, with diabetes so my title is mindful living with diabetes so it's a very mix of science some handy tips and tools a big part of this is, is about being conscious being mindful about your nutrition and when i say nutrition it's not about what you eat from your mouth and you know hands and the on the plate it's all about what you consume through all your senses the social media what you read the television your interactions and you know all the so called pleasures uh, which you consume and then giving them a perspective about uh, how mindfulness and meditation can benefit and i can i can tell you that most of my patients and the community talks people have found immense benefit in changing habits getting off addiction uh, replacing bad habits with the good habits and that results in benefits like losing weight getting better sugar control better blood pressure and cholesterol control control and of course being very very productive focused and more effective at work in relationships and and everywhere else yes yes absolutely wow 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 you know i just had a conversation with actually tibetan lama yesterday mm-hmm. and it's interesting mm-hmm. that he kind of said similar things what he was saying right now about addiction and senses it's exactly what we're talking about right that as human yes. beings yeah. we have i mean five major senses some could say we have the sixth sense but let's stay practical today so we have five <laughs> senses everything we yes. can see you can hear you can touch you can smell and you can taste right the miracles of life of our miracles but yes exactly exactly <laughs> so those are our senses and it was interesting that also yeah. he was just saying that from a from a spiritual point of view people often get trapped but exactly what you said in a pleasure and feeling good type of desires when it comes to the five yeah. senses right so and this is where even like let's say diseases diseases come in from this like for example uh what is obesity so usually i mean if we don't talk about maybe some uh some biological dysfunction from the beginning person can also be born yeah. right with something which prompts him to to maybe just be obese but for most people it's just eating too much food So why are we eating too much food? People eat too much food usually because they have stress, right? I mean, it's like they're trying to suppress the stress or trauma or or fear, so it becomes an addiction. Exactly. And then because they cannot stop, it's what you said, maybe there's not enough mindfulness in this and not enough consciousness and what are you doing and how are you doing? Then it eventually leads to diseases. And it's pretty much with everything else what you said, like including social media or any other distractions. it's a constant information that comes to us through our five senses and usually the way how the human mind works we want to keep what makes us feel good and we want to push away what makes us feel bad however what is interesting again from a spiritual point of view both are traps <laughs> yeah, absolutely i know what right? you exactly you know what you mean yeah Yes. yes. So and and so I was just reflecting when you said about the the five senses and also then how the meditation affects the five senses. And uh, again from my own experience what I have seen with other people when we do regular meditation basically what it does it gives us mastery over our own five senses which creates then yes. that space and let's say if we talk about simple things like food for example again right so and it gives that space to make a decision whether you want to have more food or not and it gives you space to check in with your body whether actually you satisfied your hunger already and you should stop right now 
right? And whatever is in front of you, you say, okay, I had enough. (laughs) So I feel that again, meditation helps with those things. Um, So another question that I would like to ask you is, um, what is actually your own understanding of consciousness? Like if you were able Mm -hmm. to describe it, right? So what would you say, Shailendra? Amazing, amazing. So, uh, so yeah. Now let me take a step back, and I will get into this just as a background. You you made a very good comment about you know both are traps. Sometimes, uh, so we have an identity of self, and we have an ego, what we call as, and uh, you know people different people understand ego very differently. But this is what it is. So, so basically, when we try to actually switch over from a uh, doing perspective to a being one. Sometimes we still get into the ego trap of spirituality. So don't try these practices and wear spirituality as a badge to satisfy your ego. That is the trap. And I'll stop here on that because that's another topic, a big one. Coming back to your point of consciousness. So hold on, hold on, hold on. This is a very important topic. So now let's just okay. a few okay. words since okay. you touched on this. It's, it's a very important one because what you're saying that um, there's a difference between the the practical ego and spiritual ego, right? That's what you were saying, that there are people in the society often, let's say, who maybe don't do any practices and not on the spiritual path. But then sometimes we have the same, for most of us, actually, the same egoic desire to go into spirituality and say, okay, now I'm going to master meditation. Now I'm going to achieve enlightenment. I'm going to do this. It is a goal that I'm going to fulfill, right? Which kills the entire idea of the practice and why we are doing this. So I feel that you're referring to that. You're referring to that kind of spiritual ego. Exactly. To be very clear, right? If you, let's say, if you start doing meditation, even meditation, why are you actually doing that? And of course, for most people, and also what I have seen with this variety of apps, like there's so many meditation apps right now. People can choose all kinds of things right? they can listen to. But what is actually the intention? And let's be tricky here because it's a really tricky tricky one. So I know exactly. for, for most people, and I definitely have been one of those when I started, that we go, med- right? we go into meditation because I want to feel better. Because there's something with me that I want either fix, right, or transcend, or maybe let go of my fears. So it's all about me. And it's interesting for me when I watch, you know, what is available again right now, like in a, in a modern spiritual market, actually majority of products that are offered of any sort, it's to satisfy that I that wants to get better. However, after just spending all the time with spiritual teachers and, you know, right, that I have this link with the Tibetan culture for some reason, I guess my karma this way. So speaking with all those lamas and monks, to me personally, as a person who comes from the society, that is actually a big aha moment when one of the lamas asked me one day, so why are you meditating? Like, why are you doing it? And and I was like, well, you know, because I want to feel better. I want to achieve enlightenment. I want to do all those things. And he looked at me and he said, you should just stop. To just stop right now. He's like, before it's too late, because your intention is not in the right place. And I remember I looked at him with my jaw literally dropped. But I was like, I don't understand, right? I'm trying to do the right thing. And like, I mean, I have a good intention. I want to get better. And he was like, yeah, that's the problem. You want to get better for yourself. 
this is not the reason why you should go into spirituality. And we had a really long conversation about that. And I remember him telling you, this is you people in the society, especially Western people. This is your problem. <laughs> you know, you go yeah, into, yeah. right? And you go into spirituality, like you go into business. You want to achieve something for yourself. This is not the purpose of why you are doing it. And I remember that pretty much turned my entire world around and turned my practice in an entirely different direction. And it was like door open, Amazing. you know, for the journey. So I just feel what you shared, it's exactly that. Absolutely, Anna. Since we're talking about it, I think, uh, so there are a couple of uh, points I should put on uh, on the table for us. One is that it's a journey. And journey is the destination on this path. And you need a vehicle. And once you go on the journey and you are going on the destination, there comes a point when you don't need the vehicle. You take it, take the vehicle away because you have arrived, so-called arrived. Okay? Let me simplify this thing. So what I'm trying to tell you is that everyone has to go through this cycle. So I'm very happy and not ashamed. I'm very conscious that I had gone through this. So the moment you become aware, it's gone. That's enlightenment. What is entitlement? Enlightenment is simply giving away everything. It doesn't define you. It's being yourself. It's just being yourself. It's your default setting. Enlightenment is not achieving something. It's where you reach by letting go on the journey. And remember, it's a journey. You might need a vehicle. You might need a guide map. It's a Google map or guru or, you know, your compass or whatever. That's fine because that's the purpose. And then you transcend this, you have milestones and you have pit stops to look back, reflect upon as you had. And I had the similar moments, moments of truth. That is the point when you hammer da, 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 and you break open the ego and the heart and you come out. And when I say you again, that's another trap. So basically, at this, is, this is a moment when you open up everything, let go. And it's about unbecoming, unbecoming, not in that terms in the, in the English literature, but unbecoming of who you are not. That is the point when you lose your identity and sense of self. And then you transcend into that one consciousness, awareness. So it's a journey. It takes time. Some of us have been very lucky to have gurus and people and mentors around us who have given us reflections and, you know, given us tools and the, and the tips and the tricks. So some journeys are, uh, I would say, much faster that way. But everyone takes its own sweet time. And that's fine as long as you are following your path. So the intention of arrival is that when you arrive, who you are, I mean, you arrive there with nothing. So the journey is about becoming nobody, achieving nothing, going nowhere and uniting with the one consciousness, which is there because we are stardust, right? So when you look at this marvelous, you know, everything around you, you know, whether the, uh, the living, non-living, animate, inanimate and all something, uh, it tells you about, you know, the glory, the beauty and the grace of whatever you believe in, the universe, God, Almighty, um, any force, energy. This is what it is. And it's so humbling experience. Oh, I'm a part of this grandeur, of this grand scheme of things. This is what I am. So we are all divine that way. We are all unique. We have our own path. There are no copycats. God doesn't make copycats. Universe doesn't make copycats. No duplicates, triplicates. Everyone is unique. So we have our own pathway of going through it. Some go through the watering hole, some go through the prison cell, some go through life, some go through relationships, some go through addiction, some go through financial crisis, some go through job loss. These are all situations. The moment you have people, someone who telling you that every person and every situation is here, is your guru. is trying to teach you something. Hold on, take a breath, 
give yourself time and that's where mindfulness meditation comes in what is it trying to teach me so once you change the perspective to look at the other side of the coin that's wisdom that's the pragya as we call it if you develop that and it doesn't come overnight you have to practice it and sometimes you know i mean i don't delve too much into religion because my definition and philosophy of religion is entirely different but then uh, i came across this beautiful saying and i am very uh, happy to share that in a way because um religion is for them who are afraid of going to hell and spirituality is for those who have already been there <laughs> this is good so i can relate to it right? yes this is so good it reminds me of the another saying which i also like very much that every sinner has a future and every saint has a past <laughs> right oh yes absolutely so exactly you know it. it's amazing and i saw this i i I was looking into some of this thing and I put that as one of my status yesterday. You know, the one you are looking at me is not the same me. I put back my pieces differently. How beautiful. Yes. Amazing. I love that. I love This that. is what transformation. That is what transformation is. You have to go through it and I can tell you that. I mean, when we talk about mindfulness and meditation, most people and being a little pragmatic, you know, it comes to people as a as a practice to do thing. No. For me, I tell them that it's about doing nothing. getting everything by doing nothing the only way is meditation being mindful getting everything by doing nothing and then you have to qualify what nothing means so let's qualify what nothing uh, means for people right so that they understand what what oh, is yes. nothing <laughs> absolutely absolutely so so this is basically not getting entrapped into your senses and the trap of pleasure and the so called allow me to say this happiness because joy is not equivalent to happiness the pleasure gives momentary the momentary pleasure and the senses that's what give you uh, that that gives you your happiness or something it can be a trap it can be an illusion the eternal joy is free flowing and you have to reach there by experiencing and going through your journey most of us have gone through a lot of pain and a bit of or maybe more of suffering is it necessary maybe yes maybe not like buddha when he came back to his home yes it is necessary both the pain and the suffering unless you realize it is not necessary anymore so it's a journey so basically on the pragmatic side when we go through it we should give ourselves the permission to accept that i am on a path it's not happening tomorrow i'm going to experience it and i tell my people and the patients and uh, in some of the programs the same thing if you are getting angry if you are getting fearful leave that moment the only way in is the way out you know the only way out is the way in i'm sorry the only way out is the way in why we say this that says that you go through it you experience the emotions the feeling the pain or the pleasure or something like that and a moment comes you gradually become detached you create a chasm you create a space between your thoughts and the feeling and the emotion then you develop this observe observance and the sakshi bhav so you are you are you are an observer you no become you are no more a doer problem is that we become a doer all the time it's in my hands i'm going to shape up my life these are my plans oh universe is not obliged to follow your plans who said that come on didn't you try tell me how many times you succeeded you tried right and no one no one let's just think about let's just think about 2020 right every everyone had plans and none of that worked <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly so the thing is that i think observance is important and the feeling of observance i i believe in experiential learning so you really have to have this kind of conversation you go through it you have to have your sweet downtime for reflections uh, swadhyay or self study is really important because it gives you some points of reference not you don't have to believe everything you think and you read or you come across no never 
but it at least gives you a point of reference because the mind cannot think what it doesn't know the mind cannot think what it doesn't know it's strange but it is true so you have to have those kind of points of reference for your reflection and you get lucky by reading by meeting people by your own experiences when you give yourself permission to open your heart mind and the soul to understand oh yes i am going through this what is trying to teach me how is it going to teach me and then you lose the sense of self you take away from the doer mentality from the karta and then you get into this oh everything is this grace and everything is so beautifully planned not even a single drop falls without a plan anywhere this is his man and you cannot influence it right so once you start accepting acceptance is very important the problem is that we try to become the master of our destiny our soul and how we want to operate the world how we want to operate me my family my kids my everyone a relationship my job my finances and everything else oh come on i'm not saying that we shouldn't plan there's a difference between them what you need to think about it be cognizant is different from you know trying to control and overpower because you just cannot so you have to accept the reality be in the present moment and then be an observer not a doer you are the you are the observer of it and with this grace you are performing certain task and the duty is you have a role here in this whole illusion and the maya enjoy the glory enjoy the show that's how it reaches uh, to the to the next level to the next milestone to the next destination so you have your pit stops you have your moments when you run out of gas and you have uh, those things so that's you should humbly accept them there's no growth without it yeah. yes Yes, you know, you also mentioned something very important and I would like us to elaborate a little bit more because people often get confused about that. So this is a very um beautiful dance between having a plan and having no plan, right? So people Absolutely. tend to go in the extremes. So either I'm going to plan everything and control everything and structure my entire life, and I know where I'm going to study, what kind of job I'm going to do, how much money I'm going to make, when I'm going to marry, when I, how many kids I'm going to have, how much I'm going to pay for my house, and when I'm going to retire, right? This is like an entire social structured life that many people have. And this is one extreme. And then there's another extreme when people go, oh, you know what? I'm just going to go with the flow and see what comes in and the universe is going to look after me and I'm going to be in the moment. And then often the struggle to pay the rent or even have the food on the table, right? So it's like it's another extreme. And I feel it's very important to just talk about that and be very open and honest sure. that it's necessary to find the golden middle, right? We are not talking either one or the other. Structure Absolutely. itself... is not bad flow itself is not bad it also structure itself is not good and flow itself it's also not good it just what is and so the mastery is how do you bring it together when you have enough structure in your life but not too much right so that's i would be curious to hear your perspective on that wonderful and uh, you know i love and i often quote gita for that because uh, uh, it's beyond philosophy this is the magical bullet actually for life and this was from the eternal Uh, times and applicable to everyone i uh, whatever religion or belief system you belong to and what they say is that uh, because when you are doing something you have to detach from the results of it let me elaborate on this how so the the act part of it is only related to that i am doing this act in the my consciousness to the best of my abilities understanding intellect but then i am not attaching my uh, outcome to the results i am achieving getting out of it the problem is that there is this this disconnect between you know expectation 
So the thing is that it is not easy. You have to really practice it to believe and trust the process, start believing and trusting the process. So there has to be a structure. You have to act. The action is a responsibility because if you follow the Ashtanga Yoga of Patanjali, then you go through the Yamniya Masan and then you reach the uh, Samadhi stage. It's a process. It's actually a process. But then what you realize is that you're following certain things and action, taking action is one of them. You have been blessed with the intellect and the gray matter. You take actions based on your uh, what you see, right? But the moment you have an attachment to the outcome, that's where the problem is. The thing is that give 200%, 100% to your action, but you have to be detached from the result. Let me explain it a bit more because it's still not so simple to understand. What if it doesn't work? Normally, we get carried away by one thought. What if it doesn't work? It's not the end of the world if I could not go to Harvard or, or John Hopkins. You lose your belief in yourself by saying this to you. You have to accept it. If there is this moment, I'm going to accept it. What is? If it works, it was good for me. If it doesn't work, that's very good for me. I just took a note in my journal before uh, our talk and I was just reflecting and I said, today I'm going to be more grateful for the things that did not materialize than for the things which materialized. It's very profound and you really have to believe to understand, uh, you know, to, you know, kind of uh, go do it. But I am, I am, I am. When I look back, I see, oh, come on. I did not lose anything. But I had this feeling of attachment, this feeling of loss, this fear, this insecurity. So that is the difference between action and the and the, the attachment to the to the karma, the, the fruits of what we do. So we have to create a divide between them and we have to start believing whether we have religion, most of the religion actually teach that by the way. But then if you don't believe in religion, that's absolutely fine, sometimes better actually. But you have to believe in yourself that I'm doing my best act and I'm hoping for the best. If it doesn't work, that's fine. I, I will accept it as it is. So expectation is the problem. Acceptance and surrender is the solution. And when I say surrender, what does it mean? It doesn't mean that, you know, packing my, I'm going to get the, I'm going to get the, my flight ticket below my pillow when I wake up in the morning. No, 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 no. that's not the point, right? So this, this is very important to understand this point that I am acting here, but I am detached from the, from the fruits, the so-called perceived fruits in my mind, because then you get into a vicious cycle and a trap of pleasure, happiness, results, rewards. And if it doesn't happen, it gives you more misery and a pain. That's the problem. That's where we don't want to get into this. So any cycle which takes us there, where we are attaching to reward, to pleasure, will give you misery. That's for sure. That's This is also a part of uh, what Lord Krishna said in Gita. Uh, but, I mean, it's equally applicable. Truth is only one, right? If you believe it, fine. If yes. you don't believe it, yes. it doesn't no. care about it. Actually, you're also bringing uh, kind of uh, out a very important point. Let, let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about religion and spirituality. And again, I know it's a very tricky one <laughs> because, of course, there are many people who might be born in a particular family that follows a particular religion. So when you have it since childhood, it becomes a very big part of who you are is an identity, right, of a human being. There are many people who consider themselves to be atheists and they say, I don't believe in anything. So there are many people who kind of somewhere in between and they're hoping from one place to another. And um, at the same time, there's a lot of still, which I'm actually personally surprised, there's still a lot of confusion in the society about why what is spirituality? And uh, many people actually confuse it with religion. And they say that, oh, you know, I don't want to do practices, like I'm not religious. And I always say, well, it has nothing to do with religion. You can believe in, whether you believe in Buddha, Jesus, Muhammad, or 
or spirits of the of the universe, Absolutely. right, or anything yeah, yeah. else. It, it has nothing mm-hmm. to do. So you can be very religious and not spiritual at all, or you can be very spiritual and not religious at all, or you can be a combination of things. So you just Absolutely. said earlier, like in our conversation, that you have your own understanding of religion, and I assume you have your own understanding of spirituality. So what it is, the way how you see it? Absolutely. This is, uh, I think, uh, this is one of the holy grails of several practitioners. And uh, as we start talking about it, so uh, I would say uh, when the humankind started, we started with our basics of, you know, at the lower level of existence and uh, what are the basic needs. And as we evolved, uh, we got a little interconnected with our peers, with uh, create, started creating families, change our habits, farming. Uh, from hunter-gatherers to when we moved on further down the line. And then there was a need for setting up a code of conduct or a few uh, reference points. I believe it was it might have been pertinent for those times. And there were scriptures and a lot of things for do's and don'ts. I can tell you that the initial one, when it started, I think this was great. This is still great. Over a period of time, there have been some transformations, some reforms. Some Latin people have tried to uh, refine it define it their own way and put it in some scriptures, either um, some people call them prophets and some others or something. That's all fine. All I'm saying is that for me, religion is the common denominator of humanism, of unconsciousness. The practices of having unconditional love, being forgiving, uh, having a benevolent life and asking your heart and your mind before anything, is it right for me? Is it good for myself and for humanity? That's what religion is for me. It's as simple as that. Uh, many religions, they adopted certain rituals, you know, and the idea of ritual was for people to drive people into a certain path. And many of these paths actually led to spirituality. However, over a period of time, for a variety of reasons, and I wouldn't go into that, the rituals remained. They became spoiled. Many of them became, sorry to say that, points Please. of exploitation and what, whatever. And the spiritual part of it, the, where the goal or journey got lost. So for me, religion is simply a basic human code of conduct, which is common for every religion. And we should always remind ourselves, it does, it's not about what religion you practice. It's about who you are. It's about being human. So spirituality is absolutely the basic humanism. And let's start. Uh, let me take a couple of minutes on where we started on spirituality and science. This is very interesting. I made a point that spirituality is, you know, you have to believe to see this and science is da, da, da. that's all good, nice, you know. But I can tell you that science is so well integrated. Albert Einstein has very good. When you talk about all this evolved scientists and other people or the Rishiminis or the scholars uh, in the West or in the East, and they always knew it when it comes to the medicine, philosophy, history, uh, technology, engineering, alchemy, uh, metallurgy, whatever you can think of, uh, you know, this was all intermingled, structured. So there was a human way of doing things, knowing yourself and doing what is good for the society. So gelling in with the one consciousness and delivering on that, that is what spirituality is. That's that's for me. And science, what is science? In science, what do you do is that? In science, you start with a doubt, hypothesis, that you call it data gap or hypothesis, and then try to prove it. Sometimes you get lucky, okay? That's why I call as I'm a practicing physician. I mean, I was, I'm not practicing as in practicing today. But as a physician and then as a scientist, when I'm sitting in the in different forums or something like that, I realized that there's so much of imperfection in even in medicine and the science. There are only so many things we know, right? So in spirituality, you start with a belief. Here, you start with a doubt. Let me put it this way. 
and you try to prove it. So you're already studying atheist. I have the same question about atheist. They believe in something which they don't believe. Do you get my point? Yes, I do. Being an atheist means you believe in something which you don't believe. <laughs> What a way to look at it, right? They believe that there is nothing outside of the physicality, pretty much. This is exactly. what it means, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah. So you believe exactly. still in something, as you said. You still believe, believe in something, right? You still believe. You still believe. So for me, speciality is that one consciousness. It's one. It's the glue which unites the universe. And this is how it has been running for millions of years. Take the example. What happened in the last sixteen, fourteen, fifteen months? Ah, Mother Earth, Nature, Universe doesn't need us, right? It knows how to heal itself. So you better uh, take care of it and you know behave. <laughs> That's how I look at it. Uh, you know, it's a signal. Come on, guys, fall in line. I don't need you. Huh? It has been for millions of years and uh, like this. So this is this is the bottom line. I think. I think. People should never confuse. I respect all religions, by the way. I go to places of worship, and sometimes um, I can enter, sometimes I cannot be in any which way. Uh, because for me, they are the doorways and the gateways and the facilitators on the path of this. And the people with different belief system come out there, so I respect uh, all of them. Uh, honestly, uh, irrespective of what I uh, what I was born with and what I follow uh, in my personal life. But I would say that at one point of time, when you say you are enlightened, you lose yourself. You become uh, self-conscious. Uh, you start getting that kind of awareness. You realize that we are all one. I mean, do we see the religion? Do we? I'm sorry, but we still don't uh, with the blood group and you know, we don't still don't write religion. And I did not find a difference in the blood uh, of people of different religion or their thought. I mean, I'm sorry, I don't don't want to get into that. But that's what it is. Who divided this? The borders, the nations, and ah, oh, come on, resources. Oh, come on, we're all one. How? So look at the world. How beautiful it is supposed to be. Is it helping? So what we should do? That's what my definition is. So spirituality for me is just being yourself, asking yourself. It's a journey, one consciousness, losing yourself, or you know, it's about the so-called ego we talked about earlier. So you go through this journey. It's fine. It's fine because you have to go through it. So I will not be ashamed, and I am not really uh, punishing myself for that because I was here. I am a different one, so I respect my past. Why? Because it was my teacher. I respect what I've gone through. I respect my journey of ego, my roller coaster of ego, my badges. I realized they were not necessary, but then there were those milestones. There, there were those on the on my on the on the journey. So yeah, that is what it is. Now I've been listening to our conversation. And um, they'd like to start. Let's say maybe if they would like to actually go on a spiritual journey, right? Or maybe would like to try the meditation, and and maybe they they have more of an analytical, practical, skeptical mind, which is a beautiful mind to have, right? Oh yes, so it, absolutely. It questions everything. It means that you you will find answers eventually. So and yeah, so can I can I just yes. add here? Uh huh. This is very important. This is very important. Don't believe Yana or Shalendra here. Yeah. Be inquisitive. Have your queries. Try, experience, learn, and follow your path. This is very important. This is very important. I can tell you that. Unless you experience it, you're not going to follow it. It's not going to live with you. I I can tell you that. Sorry. <laughs> well, you kind of answered the question. <laughs> I wanted to ask you what would be your advice to those people, but you just said it. So basically, keep uh, you just said keep asking the question, keep being inquisitive, and and looking for the answers, and eventually you find it. And it's also a a common uh, teaching across all religions, actually, and all mystical schools. 
that when you keep looking, eventually you will either realize it. I'm not saying that you find answers to all questions. I also want to be very honest about it. It's uh, even in my personal journey, I thought that actually this is the end destination when you find answers, right? Because it's how logical mind works. And then later I realized that this is actually not entirely true. You don't find, at least in my experience, you don't find answers to all questions. But what happens is questions dissolve. You stop asking. Yes. And, right? And that's a very important difference between the that two. That is the point. That is the point. I just wanted to tell you a small anecdote here. I was speaking in a... Uh, I was speaking in a, in a in a conference and this was uh, a, a big festival here. A lot of people on the line and in, it was in Singapore and uh, uh, live. And during the practices, uh, one of the audience asked me, when I reach this stage, will I be able to levitate? <laughs> Beautiful question, right? <laughs> yes, people do ask this. <laughs> yes, I said, when you start on this journey and when you progress, you won't need to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly it. That's exactly Exactly. it, actually. And that's exactly it. And also, I know like some other people, uh, because again, let's be honest, right? These kind of uh, journeys sometimes do lead to some kind of, um, gosh, I'm getting a really dangerous topic here, but just a few words. (laughs) (laughs) They, They do lead to some kind of extra abilities being developed, right? And actually, joking aside, there are people in the world who, who can levitate. I mean, like, like the monks and the practitioners, you know, I mean, it's not something you do like, like that, a will usually. Okay. Let me levitate and show you how to do this. But it is in, in some way, it, it could be a byproduct of a particular practice. So now, and then there are all other, uh, so-called extra abilities, right? That or people call, use the word CDs sometimes that, that might be developed for people who are deeply on a spiritual path. And I think that it is a really important, um, it's really important to talk about it and, and to make it clear that the moment that becomes the goal of itself, right? The moment that becomes the reason why you do the practice. You are entirely off the spiritual path. Absolutely. <laughs> right? And Absolutely. And, and that's actually, I mean, I, I have very few, in fact, actually only one person right now who I consider to be my teacher and my guru. And, and, and I like how he always says that, I mean, it's all wonderful that people, you know, want, want to have all, all those things. Uh, but this is not the idea why you go into the practice. And actually, when you study with the guru, and it's an entirely different conversation, because I know that people in the society, some are very much pro-guru and some are very much against guru. And there are different gurus also, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's really hard <laughs> to... To, I mean, it's, it's from like an entire different for that. Yes. So, but um, when you when you study under the guidance of the person, let me put it this way, who are more realized than you are, then it's always very interesting how um, how this person says that don't pay attention to any sort of things you might be developing along the way, because the moment your mind gets fixated on that, this is it. This is the end of your journey. And I think this is exactly. a really important point for us <laughs> to just say. Interesting. You know what? I was, uh, uh, when you're saying, I was just thinking aloud, you know, in my mind. And uh, um, I don't believe everything I think. I, I try to do that, actually. But yes, this one I believe. So, <laughs> so this was this was exactly about uh, different uh, 
facets of spirituality. Science is one. So when you look into the energy and the matter and the transformation and the different dimensions, existence of uh, life on different planets, for that matter, to simplify it, or having dimensions, and if you should, if I'm waving my hand, is there someone moving across here or something going around there? So the simplistic way to understand this is, you said it, you already said it, that should never be the goal. However, because of one consciousness, and when some people have experienced this, and many people experience this, and those who are under the care of Guru and who are really, who know what, it, how much does it matter, they will realize what happens is that it actually opens up some of your, um, I would say, your inherent or dormant chakras and some, some kind of abilities uh, where you can actually kind of telecommute, uh, you can levitate, uh, you can heal, so-called heal, and you can kind of uh, do a Shakti path, which is like, you know, uh, gurus do that sometimes. So these are very enlightened soul, but they use it for the right purpose without an ulterior motive. Let me take a step back, and I have been pondering over it for a while. Thank you, Yana, for getting into this area and this from my limited understanding and my experience. I can tell you that we are all we are all having intuitive powers, right? We are one consciousness. We are all one. What I do or I don't do, I do it for myself. The moment you have this enlightenment and the vision, you realize everything. You cannot harm, think bad about it. The moment you become, in this practices, you become authentic. What is being authentic? Thoughts, words, and action. Alignment of thoughts, words, and action. You follow the Ashtang Yoga, Yamniyam, Asana, and you know go to the state of uh, Samadhi through that journey. Or you do it just in your daily routine chores, um, like a family person that's equally profound, by the way. What you actually reach and attain is nothing but an expression of one human consciousness. That's how I look at it. All of us have that. But we are so bogged down by the, you know, by what we are not. Names, titles, style, teaching, education, do's, don'ts. You know, there's so many things. So you really have to brush it up, clean up and polish for this to come out. I firmly believe in that. And the people who really do it the right way under with some guru or I mean, I'm I'm so happy to hear that you really have a true Sadhguru. I can I can already tell you that. Sorry, I'm not I'm no one to say this, but as, as someone will actually tell you exactly this point, you know, even in the Tantra, Tantra was uh, another sect of it. And I know there are different ways of uh, uh, achieving some of these Siddhis and Sadhnas and all those kind of things. Why do you want to do it? How do you want to do it? When to exercise this? But I can tell you every single human being is capable of doing it. So you can be on this journey through practice or through different things. Sometimes it is through a Guru Shakti path or sometimes it could just be that aha moment. And sorry, Anna, I'm exposing the title of my one of my books. Please. It's the please WTF do moment. Do. WTF moment. <laughs> <laughs> so when you, that is the moment when you suddenly realize, oh, come on, man. Oh, this is what about it is what what it is. So, so you when you suddenly get this burst, you know this fountain, this suddenly comes in. That's the moment when you get some kind of these experiences and all. And you said it rightly. I think I think most of the uh, enlightened people and all, uh, it's it's very difficult to handle. Uh, that's what I uh, understand from an external perspective. Uh, so we have to be very cautious that that is not the goal. Never, never, never. But on the journey, many people experience it for sure. Yes. In fact, many I have seen many people with several of these experiences. Uh, some of them in my very close uh, family, I can tell you. Some of them uh, into a larger circles and other people. So, yes, 
yes but that is not at least my goal and i wouldn't advise anyone to latch on to that to think of levitating or telecommuting or getting into some doing something stopping the plane no sorry <laughs> let's just be normal let's just be normal grounded and down to earth okay let's just figure out that and i think that yeah. that's that's probably the most important part and uh, um, yeah. i feel that's also the, the the essence and the foundation of our conversation today where we so beautifully just merged together the spirituality and the science right and that's the whole idea where while we are going for the sky and and source and and whatever is the consciousness people understand it's also very important to stay really grounded and be really yes. connected with the earth and be very practical about your life and how you show up in your life so that's a beautiful balance and a beautiful dance to have so shalendra thank you so much for joining us today it was really a pleasure a pleasure talking with you And uh, for everyone who has been listening to us, um, if there are any questions, also you want to ask. Of course, we always add names of the guests and how you can connect with them. You can just write directly to Shalendra and ask. So thank you. Thank you, Roshiana, for the opportunity. Very grateful. Wow, that was a deep and insightful conversation with Dr. Shalendra Bachpai. Did you enjoy the interview? Feel free to share this episode with friends. Subscribe to the podcast and consider to support us on Patreon. Stay wild and be humble. До встречи.